Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Peterson Toyota, who's a great Ram Nation partner, has been proudly serving the Fort Collins, Windsor, and Loveland communities since 1968. They're a family-owned and operated business, and they're committed to making the car buying and service experience smooth and stress-free with a friendly and accommodating staff in all their departments. Inventory is still an issue in the car business today, but Peterson Toyota prioritizes their inventory for local customers, ensuring that you have the best selection around. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I am Joel Kinalmessa, joined by Cam Trezo, Michael Rowe. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We are just days away from the CSU Washington State game at Canvas Stadium. Can't wait to see a lot of you there Saturday, 5 p.m. kickoff, which is perfect. Gives us all day to tailgate. Enjoy the campus. You're all welcome to stop by Chorizo's tailgate right on the intramural fields next to the bathroom building. Great location right next to where the Alumni Association sets up and the music stage is right there. Uh, It's going to be awesome. Cannot wait. Today, our guest is Jimmy Kaler who was a three-year starting punter at CSU, earned all Mountain West honors in 2005, honorable mention all-conference honors as a senior in 07. He is now an NFL and daily fantasy sports expert and writer for Sportsline.com, where he's covered the NFL and college football for close to a decade as a member of the Pro Football Writers of America. We will ask him a lot about that, as well as our Rams and college football in general. We've had him on several times now. What, two or three? Is this our third? But uh, this might be the, the third, yeah. Third, yeah. I mean, every time we have you, yeah, the last couple of times, it's been a fan favorite, and people have uh, clamored to get you back. So, Jimmy, welcome back. Thanks for having me again. Always enjoy this. So, uh, shortly after we had you on last August, I see that you had opened the 2022 NFL season by winning the DraftKings NFL Showdown Thursday Kickoff Millionaire Contest where you beat out 355,000 plus other entrants in the contest. And does that mean you won a million? Yes, it does. But I will caveat that because I wasn't the only one to do it. So I, I, I won that contest. Uh, top prize was a million and it, and it uh, down. It's a, what do you, I don't know. It, I think second prize is 250 K and so on and so forth. So I think there was like 45 of us that had the same lineup that won it. So, is that right? um, we, I guess we chopped the top 45 prizes. So, yes, I won the, the millionaire maker, but I, I wasn't a instant millionaire. Well, that's still a pretty good chunk, I would assume. What yeah, was, it's going to fund my habit for a while. Do, were you, do you aware of the other entrants having the same lineup as you, or do you not know that at the time? Once you get to a certain point in the game, you figure it out pretty quick. Like, how does this guy down to the, you know, thousandth of a decimal point have the same score as me yeah and when when you get to the the thing about the daily fantasy stuff is so much can change so quickly so there was a couple times later in the year where i was like i'm gonna have another big one another another big hit now we get down to it was actually that uh rams 
I think they played the Raiders. Baker Mayfield was their quarterback. They signed him like a day earlier. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a big one. And Baker Mayfield goes on that crazy drive with like a minute left. And I go from winning, you know, six figures or so to, you know, getting my money back. So (laughs) the daily fantasy stuff is – it's not where I, it's not my favorite thing, but I've had some success doing it. And the problem that you run into there is you, you get these guys who they're, they're just using computers to make their lineups and it, it's not totally a, a human aspect involved, um, especially in those bigger contests, but it, it is, it is fun. It makes it interesting. It's another way to, uh, you know, feed, feed my, my itch, so yeah. to say, I guess. Well, what was it like watching that night unfold? Like, as just seemed like your lineup was hitting on everything. Yeah, I usually get on there because I don't watch it from the beginning because you'll drive yourself crazy doing that. I got on just to see how things were going. It started the fourth quarter, and I was like, oh, man, these these have a shot. And my wife was actually on the road traveling home, and she got home at, like, right around the two-minute warning, and she's telling me about her work trip, and I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of listening to her and she's like, what do you not really care that I did sound some of the, yeah. And I was like, Oh, I'll, hold on, hold on. And just tell me in a minute. And so then she keeps going and she's kind of pissed at me, but um, so then we get, we get to the end and I was like, I'm, I'm lo- just going to let this hold for a couple of minutes to see if it actually, if I actually won this thing. And uh, she's still, you know, you, I've been gone for three days. You don't ever want to see me, you know, the usual stuff. And uh but then I was like, but hey, check this out. And I showed her and then she then she forgave me and she all was good. And it was uh it was a pretty cool night. That is awesome. Well, and you you've won multiple five figure tournaments, right? And how yeah. did you I mean, obviously you write for Sportsline and that's a role for you in, in your in your life, but did you ever imagine making a living here off of uh daily fantasy sports? <laughs> No, no. I used to kid and tease my parents. I'm gonna quit everything and just be a professional gambler. And <laughs> they would say, "Just don't tell your grandparents; they'll lose their mind." Because they were, you know, they were they came up through the Great Depression. They were blue collar guys, and and that's that was their whole deal: was just don't tell your grandparents if you're doing that. And uh, it was always a joke, but now here I am, and and kind of doing it. So I, I never really. I always played like you know casual fantasy football games with like we had a long-standing uh league fantasy baseball and football with you know dave anderson uh oldenburg all those guys we had and it fizzled the last couple of years because we're all all over the country now but we had a that, that was probably the most competitive league i've ever been in and i do this stuff you know for a living now wow how about uh, your wife's name is lynette lynette yeah yeah how, did, how does she feel about it Probably a lot better when you're actually winning, winning some of those. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I win and and buy her presents, she's cool with whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, So how, what's, I mean, you mentioned some of these guys have like computer programs that are, that are coming up with these lineups, but you do everything by hand, right? Like you're just, you're Mm -hmm. using expertise and um, what is the key then? Is it just a lot of studying and knowledge of the game and, and then a little bit of luck? Yeah, all of the above. Yeah, it's it's to win one of the big ones with with that have you know hundreds of thousands of people in it. You're going to have to get lucky, and you're going to have to be somewhat unique with what you did. So, 
like for the for the big one that I won, it was a it was a single game. It was it, who was it? It was uh, Bills. Who did they play? Ram Bills versus Rams last year, I think. Um, you just had to you had to build your lineup kind of against the green, I guess. So like I I put in my my captain spot. I think I had like the Bills defense or something weird, like something that you wouldn't usually do. And I think they might have had a defensive touchdown or something. So it it kind of it's gambling is what it is because it's it you go against what the numbers would tell you to do because you have to be unique enough because if you just go straight down the line taking like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, so on and so forth, there's your your lineup will be duplicated probably thousands of times if you just take all the big names, and that's kind of the key. What I talk about with with DFS, if you're if you think you're going to win one of those big things that they advertise, you one you're going against a bunch of sharks who have unlimited resources and and computers and all that stuff. But and two, you have to the the winning lineup is always something that you would never think of. Like, how did this guy even know this player existed? Type of thing. So it, it's it, it's a lot of knowing like the back end of a roster, the back end of a depth chart. So like the fifth receiver for the Broncos, whoever that may be this year. You need to know who that guy is, and sometimes you got to. It may seem like you're wasting money, but if he happens to be the guy who has the career game, then you're going to be in pretty good shape. It always, uh, it's always tricky. Like you wonder, all right, do I take Travis Kelsey when he's got a, a great matchup here, uh, knowing that he could go for three touchdowns? Do you take take that, knowing that he's going to get the three touchdowns, or do you veer towards, let me go for the the uh, guy that no one's going to take and hope that he punches a couple in. I mean, how do you balance and, and decide that? Yeah, that's a tough one. Cause Travis Kelsey in particular is a whole different beast because his numbers are insane. But it, it, if hypothetically, if I were doing that for a game, I would probably build multiple lineups and have some of both. Um, I'm not a, like some of these guys, they'll, they'll enter 150 lineups into the, the millionaire maker things. And I don't do that. I usually do like 10 to 15 max. If, if I feel good about a game or a, a group of games. Um, and that's how I kind of do it. I, if, if I have a strong lean, I'll, I'll put some guy in 60% of my lineups and then completely leave them off the, the other 40%. It's, it's, it's almost like playing the stock market. Honestly, it's, it's, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? It's too early. Uh, diversification interesting it's a science really i mean it's it's kind of mixing science and sports knowledge and it is the the guys who are the best at it are are like data scientists by trade Hmm. which we have a couple of sports line and they're uh they're pretty successful at it well how much um outside of dfs do you spend in actual sports wagering I actually do more on the wagering side than the DFS side. Um, I've had the big wins, obviously, on the DFS side. I get more um, – I think I get more enjoyment out of the, the wagering just because you it's a little more of an instant gratification thing. And uh, th- there's far fewer variables at play. So one of the cool things about uh, this particular podcast today is we put it out on Ram Nation on, on the message board specific questions um, for our posters to ask you. So these next few are, are coming from there. Um, okay. So one of the listeners uh, asked, uh, as a casual college football better, 
who is interested in building a personal sports prediction model, kind of the computer base that you've been talking about, how does someone go about getting that started? Uh, what's your advice? Uh, are there textbooks, sources, uh, classes, courses that they could take that you would recommend? Number one, I would, you can do, you can do it in something as simple as Excel uh, if, if you're, if you're proficient in that, but there are some high powered um, software programs that I don't use them um, personally, but I know that our, our guy, uh, Stephen O, he, he built his on his own. He built it himself. It's proprietary software stuff he did. I think the key to, to doing it, what I would do is you have to figure out what you want factored into your model that's the key because one if you can narrow that down say what it whatever it is returning starters strength of schedules so on and so forth i think you're gonna if you can narrow that down and get a good grip on that would be step one just because there's there's unlimited variables you can look at just i mean the one that i can't really nail down and see you just because what were the 86 new players they're impossible to handicap right now um but that's as far as building a model i would start with pick your variables um become an expert in whatever sport it is you want to get into if it's college football the the best gamblers are, they don't know the uh, college football the best gamblers will be an sec expert or a Big Ten, you, you pick a conference almost, or you pick a handful of teams, you get to know them inside and out uh, and go that way. Those are the, the real sharks that are the sharps that the sports books will talk about. That's They will know a certain team or a certain handful of teams like the back of their hand. And that's why I'm assuming someone who, like the CSU watching the state line opened it, I think it was 15 and a half, it's down to 12. My guess is that someone that the sports books have a lot of respect for came and hammered CSU and move that line three, three and a half points. Cause that's a, a massive swing. Um, but that would be my, my suggestion to start is you, you get, you become an expert on a handful of teams and you, you pick the, the variables that you think are important and kind of, I would try to limit it to, you know, four or five things you're factoring in and you can, you can build a, you'd be surprised how accurate it is. You can build a pretty good model just with, with four to five variables and then you can expand on it obviously, but um, like ours factors in way too many, I think, but um, that, that, that'd be my start kind of a long winded answer, but that's how I would attack it. So I, I think you kind of just answered this next question when you, you talked about the, the big sharks are like sec and big 10 um, experts, but do you keep stats on, the amount of dollars wagered between the G5 and P5 schools? Uh, we don't, and I don't personally, but it's, it's an easy thing to, it's an easy ask. Cause we have, we have contacts at every sports book out there. And I'll just, if, if I was interested, I could just shoot them a text and say, well, you know, where, where's the money going here and what's the, what's the split on it. Cause they have, they have an insane amount of data that they they pour through and it's like a couple clicks like Jay Cornegay at Superbook. He's, he's great. If I, if there's ever a question, was Jay, like why, why is CSU getting this kind of juice right now? And he'll just say this, you know, we had, a, we had a weird bet come in. So we, we flipped it. So you, you said that you, you prefer wagering on, on sports 
as opposed to daily fantasy. Um, what's what's the best type of wager for someone to make? I mean, you got the money line, you got your taking, giving the points, parlays, props, etc. Well, I can tell you from like just a statistical perspective, uh, stay away from parlays, but they're they're kind of the most fun though. So, I mean, I, I think anyone who bets likes to, you know, those 10 leg parlays, the one time you hit out of 100, it's pretty cool. It, um, but I would say if you're just going to go and be a casual better, I would probably say go play the money line unless it's just something that's completely out of whack, like in Alabama playing, you know, the, their, whoever it is, their one, their, their FCS opponent, because it'll, you know, like, if it's minus 90,000, you know, I would, I would just, that's not even worth your time. So I would say the easiest, easiest bets are money line. I would say I, my personal preference and I've had the most success the last couple of years playing point totals. Um, cause the, the spreads I've, I've been burned so, so bad late on those things. I, I've had, um, more success doing point totals. Probably it's probably, I don't know. I, I couldn't put a number on it, but it's it's a substantial difference for me personally. I, I, I just get a better read on that. You know, I think this game will be a shootout versus I think CSU will will cover. Like CSU example, I'm going to be betting the under in that game. What do you look at there? Is it um, returning starters? Is it offensive lines? Or what kind of goes into your thinking on totals? All of the above. Um, coaching staffs. Like if if there's a new new coach on board and is he does he have the, the past history of you know trying to score with two minutes left in the game like a Cliff Kingsbury type of guy is he gonna you know, or is he gonna sit on it and just get out of there with with his L or his win you know it stuff like that is how aggressive they are um, offensive lines are a big deal uh, both NFL and college for me which is is kind of my my why I'm still leaning on the under with with our Rams because until they show me they they have something there, it, <laughs> we'll see. So obviously you know because you you've moved into this uh, business, but sports gaming is really blowing up, uh, especially here in the states where it's so open almost in all fifty now. Um, with with the explosion and with the easy access through apps. We're starting to see professional athletes and collegiate athletes uh, being caught gambling. Um, we've seen what's happened at Iowa State. We've had multiple, I mean, some year-long suspensions in the NFL. Um, what are your thoughts on these punishments that are being handed out? I, I hate it. I, I, it. For me, it's it's pretty hypocritical because you can't be – a university or a conference or the national football league and take money from these sports books and then turn around and, and hit these guys for, I will say the one thing that, that I can, that should be punished is when you bet on your own games, like that, that's a big no, no. But if you're playing fantasy football or you're or Calvin Ridley's a good example, he wasn't even playing. He was, you know, he, he had no impact on anything. He was sitting at home and he was injured. So I don't know. I, I, I don't like it. I don't, if you're going to get in bed with the sports books, you kind of got to, I think you need to readdress the, your, your system just because it's, it kind of sends an, a, a, not the, not the best message if you're willing to take their money, but you, you won't let the, the athletes participate. 
So, uh, so Pete Rose always talked about how he always bet on the Reds to win whenever he whenever he was caught. Um, obviously, the times have changed from the 80s and early 90s to now. But do you think that athletes and coaches should be allowed to bet, place bets on their own sports? I do. I, I have no problem. Like, I actually kind of I kind of love it if a guy's willing to throw his own money on his to on his team to win. Yeah, I'm all for that. That's like dropping your balls on the table and saying, let's go. I mean, it's it's putting your money where your mouth is. I have no problem with that. I have a problem if, you know, a guy was going to say he – maybe he's not playing and he has some inside info. He's like, you know, I'm going to – I know these guys have been out partying all week. I'm going to bet against my team. Now, that's a problem. But if we're talking about guys like Pete, Pete Rose, like I, he should be in the Hall of Fame. I, I have no issues with – with betting on yourself. I mean, it's sports betting has that stigma still. And it's, uh, I don't know if it'll ever go away of the, you know, the old school Vegas mobsters running things. And um, it's kind of a battle where we fight too. I mean, it's, you tell someone you work in the sports betting industry, it's, Oh, you, you, you're kind of a sketchy person, but no, it's, (laughs) yeah, I know I am personally. Yes. But, if if a guy's willing to bet on himself, there's or his team. I mean, that's that's kind of. Uh, I don't see a problem with it, honestly. Well, let's look at some of the. Um, so, have you been following CSU very closely? And and I know you you you're taking the under in the in the first game, which I I saw uh, Jay Norvell yesterday on his Monday press conference. Someone asked him if he was expecting a shootout. And he said, "No, we're not expecting a shootout. We think it's going to be a hard nosed game." And um, would be some good defense involved. So, um, but uh, what what are your thoughts on what CSU might be able to do this year? Particularly from uh, you know they they are uh, plus uh, they're four and a half over under. So, got to win five games. Do you have you looked at their schedule and what they've got coming in this year to be able to to hit that over? I do like them to go over. I think my my number is probably about six. Um, and I, I try not to be overly optimistic after last year because last year I was overly optimistic. Um, there's some some things that obviously the, the two obvious ones are, are quarterback and offensive line uh, for me that have to be better because you have you have some pretty damn good players on on the other side of the ball, um, probably all conference type of guys. Uh, and and like I, I think I texted you guys at one point. It's like the under hit, like it was eleven and one last yeah. year in CU game, CSU games, yeah, which is insane. So um, there's clearly they're doing they're they're kind of coming together defensively over there. They're buying into what they're doing defensively. It's um, the other side of the ball. They, I mean, Horton's a, a draft pick uh, next next spring. So I mean, that alone playing in the Mountain West is going to be a huge advantage for him. Uh, he reminds me of uh, a lot of Higgins. Uh, just body type and all what they do. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the offensive line can be average, this team will make a bowl game. I like it. I am in agreement. At least I'm hopeful. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I played in that uh, Ram Club golf tournament this past, uh, yeah. was it May? Yeah. yeah and uh, I, I met, a, it was my first time meeting a handful of them, uh, coaches and and people on staff up there. So I, I got good vibes from Jay. Uh, I, I'm 
what they have going on facility wise is just incredible compared to what I experienced. It's like a sleeping giant. I'll stick to that. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk about total wins for the mountain West. I know we've had a couple teams that have already played and, and we gave you a heads up yesterday. So air force is at eight and a half games. They're just so damn tough. <laughs> I mean, I, when I looked at it, I was like, I came up with eight, but they're the type of team who will sneak up on someone and, and I, I personally wouldn't bet it, but I would probably, I would probably take the over because I, I think they'll get to nine because they're, they're going to go to a bowl game. There's a good chance they'll play in the Mountain West championship game. So that's two extra spots right there. That's two extra games for them to, you know, get over that, that eight and a half. Well, and they start with Robert Morris and Sam. Houston. That's the thing. So there's two. And there's I, two. I watched Navy this past weekend, and they were kind of, you know, on a bad mouth of service academy, but they weren't very good. No, bad mouth. Or saw you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, no, I, I'll, I'll give them whatever they need to hear. <laughs> so Boise State. Oh, Boise, I hate them. Uh, they're another one. They're eight and a half. Eight and a half is what I saw. And at the eight and a half is actually a plus money was last I looked, which is interesting because they're trying to entice people to take that. So um, I think I'm actually going to go under. I, I think that they'll, I think the Mountain West is catching up to them. That's great to hear. <laughs> I just, I, I hope that before all this conference stuff, all the dust settles on it, we can beat them once. So there's no states at eight games. They're replacing Jake Hayner, which is he was a, he's a stud, and he's I think he's going to be a a ten year backup quarterback. So um, at eight, I, I mean that's a tough one too because I'll see him hitting right at eight because that that other side of the Mountain West is not as strong. If I were betting it, I would I would take over though. We'll go two more in the Mountain West here: uh, San Diego State at seven and Wyoming at six. San Diego State. Uh, they didn't look very good against Ohio. No, I, I did bet that, and, and I had them pretty heavily on that minus two, which was uh, it worked out for me. But uh, there was a lot of – it looks like they're going to be one of those San Diego State teams that can't score again. Uh, they'll be yeah. they'll be good defensively. I'd still take them at over seven, though. And then Wyoming, I, I hate them more than anyone, so I really, really want them to go under. But that guy's a good coach, and – they're they're just a tough team. Uh, I would probably take them over. Boulder, you said this is a tough one for you. They're they're at three and a half. That is probably the hardest team in all of my time doing this to handicap, just because of the turnover. Um, and then you watch their spring game, and the quarterback looks amazing, but he's playing against a D two team and a D two defense basically, and it, it's. And then you got all the hype and stuff. I do think the number's a little off, though. When I looked at their schedule, it's – I would have probably set it at four and a half, uh, personally. Um, I, I think that just based on the talent alone that they'll get over, that they'll get to four or five wins. Um, I have it from a pretty good source that they're going to be pretty awful up front, though, um, which is which could be a major problem. And you can have all the speed you want, but if you're going to struggle up front, it's going to be a long season. What about games this week in the Mount West? Uh, just looking at individual games. Uh, I think just a couple of the marquee ones. Well, not marquee, but Friday night, Hawaii 
who actually didn't look that bad against uh, Vanderbilt this past weekend. They're getting three and a half at home against Stanford. At Stanford has not been very good. I mean, that, that it's nice to see Hawaii in like a primetime game rather than like a 10 p.m. 10, 10 p.m. Yeah. Where you, you <laughs> d- d- degenerate chasing, chasing your money late, late Saturday. Yeah. I, I do like, I have to admit, I like those like Pac 12 after dark and the, the late, late Mountain West games just because it gives you something to watch. But yeah, it is nice to see them. And they, my boss is a Vanderbilt grad. So we were watching that game closely. And, uh, I was like, oh, come on, come beat them just so I can talk shit. And, uh, but they did look, they, they fought. And Timmy Chang is, I mean, he's a local hero there. So I think they will play hard for him. Uh, Stanford <clears throat> is going to be, they're going to have issues because of the way college football is now. Uh, they're not going to be able to get the players that they used to, I don't think. That's just my theory. Because um, they're not going to play ball with the rest of them. So I, I, you know, I kind of like, and, and well, it's not as far for them, but it, going to Hawaii is no, no simple trip. If you've ever done it, it's, it can be grueling. Um, I, I, I could see them covering it's um, I'm watching it closely. The one, the one game that I did want to see packed or mountain West wise, other than CSU was the, I wanted to see what Oregon state was made of, made of against San Jose state. Cause San Jose State actually looked halfway decent offensively against SC. They really did. And, and Oregon State, I mean, preseason top 25 team, is that for real? Uh, and just because of all the chatter with them potentially joining the Mountain West, I just want to kind of see yeah. see what, what's happening there. Um, and that's a late night game, too. Or no, that's a Sunday game. Yes. So Sunday. I'll be uh, I'll be watching that one pretty closely. The others, I mean, Wyoming goes to Texas Tech. I don't go out of my way they, to watch Wyoming. Don't they host it? Don't they host it? They do. Texas they do. Tech? Yeah. Yeah. Texas, which is a big deal for them, I guess. Um, I mean, USC plays Nevada, and that's, I'm interested there just to see if USC can clean some things up because I had them as a potential national title contender. Yeah. Um, defensively, they, if that's what, if what they showed against San Jose State is the thing, then they're, they're not going to be one. Um, other game. I mean, Fresno State's playing Purdue, I think, and then a short, short line, free. Yeah, three. well, I'm interested there because uh, Colorado boy is their head coach at Purdue. Um, Ryan Ryan, Wal- Ryan Walters. Yeah. Uh, I played against him in high school and obviously in college too. But um, I'm interested to see what he does as a head coach because I actually, until this whole Dion thing blew up at CU, I thought he was going to be their guy. Should have been. Probably should have been. I mean, when when the dust settles, I, I mean, from a, a marketing perspective, the Dion thing worked out pretty pretty well. You got to give him credit for that, but we'll see what the rest of it brings. Uh, and then last one before uh, before the CSU pick here, um, Boise State <clears throat> more than two touchdowns at Washington. I know Washington. A lot of people think might be a title contender this year, but uh, Boise State getting two touchdowns there yeah i saw 14 and a half so that's like that's that kind of number is exact it's like perfect for a a last second cover you know it's it's one of those deals where boise state will still be trying to play and washington just trying to get to the next next weekend and without injury i could see uh i mean washington people are hyping up pretty pretty heavily um i don't think they're on oregon's level personally but 
that's a, another story. But I, yeah, I do. If I were going to bet that spread right now, I would take Boise State with that extra half a point, just because I could see, you know, late touchdown screwing that whole whole spread up. Well, last one for you. Um, then obviously the CSU game, you noted that it came down from, I don't know if it was 15. I know I saw it at 14 and a half in the off season. Now at 11 and a half, uh, mm-hmm. you, that, that kind of swing, obviously someone liked it. What do you think CSU's chances there in the home opener to, to not just cover, but do you think they have a shot to win that game? I do. Uh, there's, so many things that are going in CHU's favor there. Uh, home game, season opener, uh, playing a Power Five team. That's always those are always extra, you know, extra motivating factors to consider. I think you have year two under Jay. Uh, there's some continuity finally. Uh, Washington State, like they, they're. I mean, Vegas thinks they're going to be pretty good too. They're over under win total of six and a half. So they're not. They're. I mean, they're. They're no slouch. The coach has done a pretty good job after that whole disaster with uh, Rolovich or whatever his name is. Um, but yeah, I, I like I said, I'm I'm pretty heavy on the under there. Uh, our our model also is pretty heavy on the under. I think our our simulated score right now was thirty to fifteen, and I don't see us getting blown out like that. Um, I do think that there's some value on the money line there just because it's paying so well. And you have a team who's who has a chance on a national stage to you know, make some noise. Uh, you got a returning starter, a quarterback, got a potential All American, a receiver, so on and so forth. New running back. I think the value would be to take CSU in the points and the under. I think you could you could make an argument for. I wouldn't recommend hammering the money line, but if you're going to get eight to one that's that's pretty good play there yeah i like it hey mike you got anything left before we uh head off to work in school (laughs) oh i I think we're good i think we're good yeah that was awesome man i mean we could talk with you for another hour but uh yeah yeah i I mean if we if you guys want to do another one of these yeah mid-season check-ins let's that sounds good man we always enjoy it appreciate you and uh I want to thank uh, a few of our contributors on the board, Irish 40, Ram U, Nebraska, Ram it, CSU PKP for all submitting questions. Uh, love when you guys engage with, uh, with the podcast and appreciate you spending your days on Ram nation. I forgot to add, uh, I, I, I uh, lined up a promo code for anyone who wants to try out Sportsline for a week. If nothing else, if you play fantasy football, we have all of our rankings. You can go download those. You can get all of our picks for a week for the futures, for the NFL, for the college football season. Um, awesome. Here. Promo code is CHALK, though, C-H-A-L-K. And we'll get you a week free. Um, and you can get all the info you want, preseason info, and, and go from there. Awesome. We'll put We'll put that on the message boards, too, so everyone can – find that and uh, appreciate that, Jimmy. That's going to be awesome. Look forward to uh, following you all season long as well on Sportsline, and uh, we'll touch base again later this year. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thanks, pal. Great conversation with Jimmy Kaler as always. What a pleasure to have him in on Ram Nation Radio. I know you guys enjoy him as well. Before Mike and I continue and talk about the upcoming game Saturday, let me pause and tell you about Ginger and Baker. 
Remember that the cafe restaurant has happy hour every Tuesday to Friday from 2 to 5 p.m. They've got $5 wines, cocktails, beers, and food specials. Not to be outdone, check out Whiskey Wednesdays in the cash where they got 50% off select pours, which you can pair with their amazing steaks and chops. If you're looking for a world-famous pie, try their new lattice-topped peach pie. Loads of juicy peaches with a hint of cinnamon piled high in their flaky butter crust topped with flaky lattice and crunchy sugar. Man, late summer bliss. And of course, they've got great events and cooking classes each and every month. Check out gingerandbaker.com slash calendar for a full list of cooking classes and other events. This place is amazing, guys. Support our friend Ginger Graham and treat yourself to a world-class experience at our favorite place, Ginger and Baker. All right, Michael, that was good stuff with Jimmy. What would you think about that, some of the takeaways? You know, the thing I really liked is if you're if you're kind of a novice gambler, better, you kind of really walk you through on, on – how to hopefully find success. You know, I, I don't gamble that much. Lost a lot <laughs> back in the day whenever I didn't have a lot. So I try not to go back down that rabbit hole. But, uh, you know, he's very – it's it's not a game of chance, you know, and he, and he kind of walked us through how you could help yourself, help your odds, and, and but you got to study the game. You know, I thought that was kind of the – the cool thing that I took out of that is you could study your way into being a better, better gamer, whether it's uh, daily fantasy or whether it's uh, actually betting on games. Yeah. It's um, you see a lot of times former student athletes that know a lot about the game and know a lot about sports, not fare so well in gambling. But uh, if you're like Jimmy, who, obviously spends all day writing about this and researching and getting into numbers and probably jumping into his, the people on his staff's algorithm. I know he said he doesn't use it for his own betting purposes, but I'm sure he's familiar with it and trends and all that stuff. So um, yeah, it's one thing to know the game. It's another thing to know betting angles and knowing what, how lines are being set based on not just what each team has on the field, but uh, what, what money is going to happen, you know, what money's coming in on each side. Um, So there's so many factors and, and obviously he knows what he's doing. Um, Not just in, in wagering, but also in, in the daily fantasy stuff. I mean, if you're, if you're winning multiple times, uh, five figure contests, you're, you're performing well because you're in there against thousands of other guys. So uh, he's, he's good, man. It's always interesting talking with him. I, I love that stuff. I don't do much. I, I gamble quite a bit, but I don't really get into the, um, the daily fantasy stuff. You know, we have our, our season season long leagues with, I'm in three different ones with buddies and all that, but so that's fun. And just keeps your NFL Sundays interesting, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, he's at a whole different level. Well, and I think one of the things is he – you could tell he's taken, like, the emotion out of it where you talk about, you know, former athletes that they lose their shit whenever they're they're betting because they're thinking too much uh, about, like, the actual emotions of the game, the actual – they're betting almost with their heart. And he's, like, very analytical about, you know, what he what he does and, and – I think if you know for the questions that were asked by people on the board, I think that that's got to be what you take out of this is is you got to look at it analytically. Even though we're like, oh, you know, 
trying to get away from that as fans and, and we think that's ruining the game and all that stuff. But if you want to make money, that's what you got to do. Yeah. Yep. So that was fun. I always enjoy that. And uh, maybe we should get him on here again sometime mid season and, and talk second half or something like that. But uh, yeah, good, good, good insights from him. And uh, I'm glad to see that he believes that the Rams uh, will be a different team this year. Interesting that he likes the under I'm kind of leaning that way myself. I don't trust, I will not trust our offense until I actually see it on the field. And not just that, I think our defense is going to be strong and I think that that might be a play that I, that I end up, I never, I don't like totals. I know he loves said he loves playing totals, but um, I just, I don't like sitting in a game, watching a game and not being able to root for points. I hate like stressing about someone scoring, you know, it's just feels <laughs> anti-American or something. So, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons I got out of fantasy sports. I remember it was the, uh, oh man, 2000, either 2013 or 2015, and Broncos were playing Broncos were playing uh, New England. And I think both those years they played them in the regular season and they played them for the AFC championship game. And it was the regular season. And I'm completely spacing who the running back was for the Broncos, but he broke one. I'm playing against somebody in fantasy who had him. And I'm literally cheering against the Broncos in, in power field. At Mile High Stadium, where I have season tickets, by the way, if you didn't know that. But I'm cheering for him to get tackled, and, and it was the game-winning touchdown. And that's – it was after that I was really like, why am I playing fantasy sports? Like, I'm literally cheering against the team. I I, I go and watch every every yep. other – Yeah. So, I got out of it. I mean, that was a big reason right there because, yeah, it's hard, like – you're, you, you're betting on that money. You're betting on the totals. Your team's driving and you're like, uh, take a knee, <laughs> take a field goal instead of like, hey, score a touchdown, win the game or whatever, you know? Yep. Yeah. And the other thing is about fantasy is, you know, you you get invited. Like I, I've got different groups of friends and, and I've relented. I have two big ones that one with a high school group and another uh, that I got into many years ago. That it's just a fun league, like real competitive and um, pretty pretty good money. Um, so I just kind of focus on those two. But I hate, and now I'm in a third with some guys in the neighborhood. But then you start getting cross action between. I got to root for my guy here, but I got to root against him in my other league, and I just I hate that. It kind of takes away some of the the fun. But regardless, uh, it's a huge business and a lot of money at stake. And and in the case of Daily fantasy, guys. There's some money in it if you're good at it. Talking about the CSU game, he mentioned, like, there had been a big, huge bet on the Rams because you asked you asked them the question, like, you know, it opened at 15 and a half. And now, I mean, a lot of books have it at 11 and a half. And you're asking, like, how did this happen? And he, he was like, you know, talking to some of the books. Money started coming in, but big money from somebody start coming in on CSU dropping that. So it gives me hope for Saturday. Me too. Me too. It, it, you got to love when a sharp goes big on, on your team, the team that you like, because that's, that bodes better than knowing that the entire public is on your team. That's uh, that's what you don't want. So uh, all right, before we jump into looking ahead to this Saturday's game, what were some of your favorite takeaways from our recent podcast with joe parker and then jack graham 
you know, I think both of them, both those interviews really highlighted why they did well as athletic directors and why they don't do well or didn't do well as athletic directors. Joe, always even keel. And I think for a lot of our fans, especially when you hear heard Jack before, they kind of feel like he's condescending or he's an academic talking down to him. I disagree with that. I, you know, I don't feel that way, but I think we, we do have a certain set of fans that that's how everything comes across. So you hear him talking that way, not getting too excited about the upcoming seasons, about realignment and everything. And so it's like, uh, you know, and again, he, he always prefaces it. Well, I know people are going to get mad, but we need to fill the stadium. You know, but then the way he was explaining and talking about, I mean, basically calling out San Diego State's uh, athletic director and their president who just kept on talking and and went in early with the Mountain West and had to come back with egg on their face. And now they're looking like idiots because they were saying, we're going to the Pac-12, we're going to the Pac-12, and there is no Pac-12 at the moment. CSU was doing that, but they were doing it behind the scenes. You know, they were working everything behind the scenes, and they weren't sitting there beating their chests and being loud and saying, hey, you know, we want – you want CSU. We we deserve to do this. We deserve to do that. And I think that's a strong leader right there. And I think that's that's something that Joe is doing very well. I think that's something that Amy is, is great at, uh, working a room but not – you know, not being public about it with Jack, God, man, he gets you so fired up and you want to run through a wall for that guy. And he just gets you excited about being, uh, being a CSU Ram. And, and the question that you wrote that I asked, you know, why do you do it? Why, why are you still involved after getting fired? Cause I believe green and gold, you know, everybody loves hearing that, but then what do you think about NILs? I hate it. It's ruining the game. Oh, but I'm helping with this. I talk out of – he admits I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Yeah. That right it's, – it's like he doesn't know how to play the game. Uh, he didn't. He – whatever comes to mind comes out of his mouth, and and that just doesn't work. Very different dynamics, and, and but it's very cool having both of them so close to each other. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. You and I talked to John Weber, what, late last week, and just he was catching us up on some of the, the new things coming up with, with the Green and Gold Guard. But uh, we had asked Jack, we had asked John if, if he had listened to the, the interview with Jack, and he goes, yeah, I heard Jack. <laughs> I don't think he was too thrilled about Jack's comments about how all NIL collectives should be shot. But, uh, you know, and, and but look, clarifying, he he does believe that, student athletes deserve the right to go out and make money. He just thinks that there's a lot of these collectives out there that are just collecting money simply to, as a means of enticing players to come to schools and pay them. And, and he would rather be a little more um, free market where, Hey, if you can go out there and show that you're worth this and, and secure sponsorships through either your agent or some new entity that helps pull these together. Great. But the sake, the, the fact that, these groups of alumni are pooling money just to pay 
student athletes. That's that's what he was getting at. And uh, I think even even that John was still like, hey, we're trying to do things on the up and up in the right way. And Jack's even involved and he's talking bad about it. But that's the way it goes. This is a whole new whole new era of of college football. But the other stuff with um, I think with Joe, a couple of things that I took away were, um, you know, we asked him if if the pack four were trying to uh, rebuild rather than merge or whatever, or join the Mount West. And if they wanted to uh, hand select four or five Mount West teams, how would you feel about that? You know, you would leave most likely be leaving longtime rivalries with for sure. Wyoming most likely, and uh, probably maybe even air force. Would you do that? And he's like, well, we would have to take, we'd have to look at, in doing what's best for our school. So, um, so that, that was what you want to hear from your ADs. That was good. I know when you asked him about Gonzaga and St. Mary's, he, he said that uh, as, as a possible expansion candidate at some point, he goes, there's not an expansion conversation that we have as a conference that does not include both of those schools. So that was interesting. Just having that confirmed that, that, that is just an ongoing conversation and didn't, didn't die when Gonzaga turned us down a few years ago. And then the other one was interesting that I know that a couple of people took exception with on the board was we asked them about, you know, would you be open if Stanford went and put their football program in the ACC or somewhere else or went independent and asked if they could put their Olympic sports in the Mountain West, would he be all for it? And, you know, you look at that as they're the best athletic department in the country. They've got amazing Olympic sports. Why would that be bad? Yeah, that'd be great for the conference to have that in your league and he's like well actually not <laughs> it wouldn't be good they have they have far more resources than anybody else they're far and away the best in the country it would basically be like handing the trophy to stanford in every sport every year so i thought that was interesting um and then stuff from jack you know obviously he came out and said it we we've dropped the ball and, and sucked at football at the wrong time he said we stubbed our toe and uh i know he's bummed about not being positioned for a um you know, as being a, a candidate to go to the big 12, we missed that window. Um, but he did say that, you know, I feel like we'll be just fine. We'll, we'll, we'll be in a decent position. And um, so I don't think he's saying the sky is falling for CSU in any way. Um, I loved his story about the indoor practice facility. <laughs> when he said he donated to the indoor practice facility and then found out it was 60 yards. And he said, he, he asked Paul Kowalczyk, Paul, where the hell is the other 60 or 50 yards, whatever it was. So uh, that was funny. Um, he said he's still pissed about being fired, how it was his favorite job ever. And he still said, he's, you know, I still have a lot of respect for Tony Frank. So uh, it was just one of those situations where it just for higher education, maybe it wasn't the right fit. Uh, I mean, you know, then the Larry talking about Larry Stacey and how he said that was his biggest mistake. Uh, said he was a jerk, treated people poorly. Uh, so all that stuff was very fascinating. I really, I thought that was one of my favorite our favorite podcast for sure. I thought there was a lot of good stuff in there. You know, and, and going back to Joe's interview. So, so that week when we had him on, I think we, we talked to him on Thursday. I, I can't remember if it's Tuesday or Wednesday of that week, Wyoming's AD was on. And I think he was on uh, what? 72, 72, 20. Right. Yep. yep. And uh, if you listen to those two or, or read from those two, completely different vibes coming from both of them. You know, Wyoming's AD was very much, 
you know, we're on board with the Mountain West, you know, we need to have solidarity. And, you know, through all this, we, uh, you know, we really need to make sure that our front range schools stick together. And he's like, what I'm talking about is New Mexico, Air Force, CSU, Wyoming, and Utah State. He's like, whatever happens, we need to, that, that group needs to stick together. There's just too much history on it. And it was, it was so much of, we need other schools. <laughs> Joe was like asking him kind of the, almost the exact same questions was, you know what? The Mountain West has been a great partner. We love the Mountain West, but it was always a, but, you know, we're going to do what's best for CSU, you know, and I've been feeling this way for, for months now. And, you know, when we've been having him on and been texting you, his, his feeling on, on all this has changed completely from, 21 when we did not get in the big 12 um i think we're definitely heading in the right direction obviously it didn't uh happen right now or at yet but all this shuffling all of all it is is nothing matters until the big 12 or sorry big 10 and sec are done that's that's what 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 matters when when espn when fox tells them to take these last four teams, last six teams to get to 20, 22 or 24, you know, it's going to be a split off between a super league and a second tier and a third tier. And we're going to be in that second tier. But you got to make sure that you are in that second tier and, and somehow aren't left out of if this PAC 12 expands or tries to rebuild, if other teams ever top teams from the Mount West leave, we have to be one of them because we don't want to be stuck in the league with the top teams gone. And I, I do think there's a chance that that whatever that rebuilt conference is, or if it's just Oregon state and Washington state left and they somehow merge with the best of the rest or just the Mount West. I do think that entity, whatever it may be has a chance to every year be the, the next best conference and earn that playoff spot. Um, so We'll see a lot of stuff. And and everyone has said this, we would already know by now that, uh, or be at least by um, the start of kickoff, which was last, last week, but now you think that they might have a decision by, by the end of this week, what's going to happen with the ACC. And it's looking like that's still not happening. So it's just continues to drag on and it's a disaster. So, you know, it, like looking at it, if, if, if Stanford's involved in everything that I've heard, everything's hinging on Stanford. Uh, Cal and SMU, I mean, they don't really matter, to be honest. Everything's about Stanford right now. Yep. If if they decide, if they if they say, hey, the four of us, let's do this, let's let's go, we got a great chance. Uh, it, in fact, I think that we're probably would be the the top choice with CSU and SMU. If Stanford's involved, they're gonna have to. They're going to have to bite the bullet a little bit, but they're not going to take Fresno and Boise. No way. They're not going to take Fresno and San Diego State. So it's, to be honest, Fresno, who has one of the better football programs in the Mountain West, they're going to get left out because of that. There's just – there's only so much that they can overlook with the academic piece and – taking San Diego state. And I don't think Boise would be a slam dunk if Stanford stays in, stays in the, with the pack four. Right. right. I think we are, 
I think UNLV is. They have. They are a, a tier one research uh, uh, university. I think New Mexico has a great shot. They are too. They're they're a Carnegie tier one uh, institute, and so I could see them getting in before before Fresno, before uh, Boise. Even though their football program has, I mean, they haven't done much since the Rocky Long years. Honestly, and that's been what 15, 15 years now, yeah. something like. We're in a great spot. If if Stanford decides to leave, whether they go independent, whether they go to the ACC, then I think we will see more from the Mountain West joining. Uh, and it'll be almost like uh, the Pac-2 and 9 or uh, Pac-2 and, and 6 yeah. uh, going, going to eight teams. Well, would I like Cal and Stanford to be in our league or be in the same league as them? Of course, but – Quite frankly, even if something happened and they did stay, that they are not in it for the long haul. They will always, every year, be looking to get it, get it somewhere, right? So, quite frankly, I I hope that they get into the ACC, those two teams, and then whatever happens with Oregon State and Washington State, we just build for the long haul with those two. And whether that's a new Pac-12 or they merge with the Mount West and a couple of you know AAC teams. I don't know, but I would prefer, Hey, I would like to keep as much as the Mount West intact as we can, at least our rivals, you know, I'd love to have those guys. Um, and I would, quite frankly, I think without, like you said, without Stanford and Cal, your chances of keeping the likes of Boise and Fresno in your league are better, which I want. Cause I mean, yeah, it's nice to uh, affiliate yourself with good academic institutions, but this is, college athletics quite honestly and we care about good brands on the field we care about good competition on the field i would rather have fresno and boise state in the league than not just because someone's better in math doesn't make me want them in our league so um you know i don't want to have to go to rice i don't want to play rice when i could give a rat's ass about rice um i would rather have boise state you know so schools that we don't we hate we we hate boise state because they're good and they beat us all the time i want that we need that kind of those kind of opponents on our schedule. So it would be a more, it is a lot more fun than going to Boise on a road trip. So just yep. throwing that. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right. Well, um, let's take a quick look at the Washington state game, 11 point dogs. We talked about with Jimmy opened at 14. So, you know, there's a reason why we're underdogs. Washington state's pretty good. They're led by junior quarterback, Cameron Ward. He threw for 3,200 yards and 23 touchdowns, including he just absolutely torched us in Pullman last year, 299 yards and four touchdowns. He also can run, so that's worrisome. Uh, our front seven is going to have to contain him. Hope we have a plan to spy him or something. But um, the good news is they've lost their four top wideouts, and um, those guys account for almost 2,000 yards. Our strength is our secondary, so I hope that we're able to make it tough for Ward to find those less experienced uh, wide receivers. They do have two Mountain West transfers, Fresno State's Josh Kelly, UNLV's Kyle Williams coming in this year, so uh, that helps bolster them. They run a very similar offense to us, or an air raid team under second-year coach Jake Dickert. But they also try to run the ball, especially with with less experienced wideouts. They do have two uh, – they have a six-year senior starter – uh, at running back and a sophomore who's uh, probably more explosive. So they're kind of thunder and lightning in the backfield. Washington State's offensive line wasn't very good last year, uh, as you probably saw from Jimmy's uh, 
text to us earlier. Ward was sacked 46 times, which was second in uh, the nation behind 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 Clay Millen. So they do return four starters on the offensive line, but is that good or bad? I mean, would you feel good if the Rams were returning four starters from that crap fest last year? I wouldn't. So um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, On defense, they run a four, two, five also like us. Uh, They have a pair of sixth year senior edge rushers. So the RR line will be tested at linebacker. They lost uh, probably their best player on the roster in day Henley. He's now a rookie with the chargers. And they also lost another uh, linebacker, Francisco Maui, Maui Goa, who, who transferred. So um, they have a couple power five transfers that, that will help fill that spot. But that's a, that I would say that's a net loss for them on defense in the secondary. They've also lost some guys. It's not considered their top, uh, position by any means, but uh, they got a couple guys coming back uh, who accounted for seven of Washington State's 21 takeaways last year. Uh, they also have a solid kicker. It was all all first team, all Pac-12 in Dean Janikowski, who is not related to Seabass, by the way. Um, <laughs> but so, so I mean, this is not a, a team that has returned everybody. Uh, last year, they were solid. They're predicted to uh, finish seventh by the media in the Pac-12 this year. Vegas has their over under win total at five. So this is not like that. I mean, they're solid and the quarterback is is solid for sure. They've got some good pieces, but they are not. Are you scared? I'm, I'm not. I'm not scared of them. So I was there last year at the game. Great. Uh, great experience. I can't wait till we're league rivals with them uh, starting in 24. But uh, <laughs> you watch our game last year against them. And you watch our games at the end of the season. Those were two different teams. That game, I saw players quit. Saw a couple of our, our wide receivers just flat out quit during that game. Um, both of them were benched for the younger guys in the second half. You saw some guys on defense that quit during that first half. And then you saw other guys come in. And the second half of that game was completely different. Um, they, one of the things that we, I don't think people remember or, or they don't want to recognize, we had the ball in scoring position four times, like four times in a row. And we came away with, with three points, I think, on that. No, seven, seven. We missed the field. We missed the field goal. Um, but we got in scoring position. We forced a turnover into, into the red zone, and we didn't come away with points in that game. We started off that game with with Clay throwing a pick, uh, giving them great field position. And then the next one, you know, Patty, man, I want to say he had like a 10-yard punt where they got the ball inside their own their own half. Quick score. So just like that, with a turnover and a and a bad punt, they were up 14 nothing. And that's when that's when you saw the players quitting. And uh that team is not in Fort Collins anymore. Uh, that's not the same team that we had, uh, especially that first half of that Washington State game. So so when you ask, you know, are you scared about this? No. I think that this is a completely different team. I think we're a lot smarter. I think our defense is, is way better. I think our defense is way better from that point of the season to, to now. So – I'm excited. I'm excited to see what our, our offensive line is going to look like. I like that we have FCS guys that have two, two, three years of starting experience 
that are coming in compared to guys that were injured uh, that were backups last year that had never played that had to <laughs> that had to go out there and, and try to learn how to play Division One football. So I think Clay's. I mean, from everything that we've heard from when you know he joined us in, in back in May. I think he's matured a lot. I think he understands what he needs to do differently. Talked about it with us about uh, making those reads quicker, uh, releasing the ball quicker. And so I'm excited for Saturday. And, and, and I think that it's going to be a completely different type of game than what it was last year. I think so, too. I think Jimmy made some good comments that, look, hey, we'll, we will have an edge in the fact that, one, it's a, it's at home. It's the opener. You're playing a Pac-12, Power 5 team, right? There's always that edge there. And there's a lot to prove. I think that everything that you've read out of camp, including a great article in the Denver Post today, uh, how there is just an insane drive to prove everybody wrong and really redeem what the, the crap that happened last year. And there's guys talking about, hey, if, if we played our potential, we could go undefeated, which is crazy. But I love that they're thinking that way. But even Jay Norvell is talking like, look, I mean, we got a chance at the Fiesta Bowl this year. You know, there's not anyone on our on our schedule that we don't match up with. So I love that the way they're thinking. I hope that he's instilling that. And then, you know, you hope that you come out and start well and just kind of get on a roll on Saturday instead of something bad happening turnover kickoff return something crazy that kind of sets you back on your heels and you're like oh crap here we go again because you really need that it takes a while to build that winning mentality winning culture to get past that stage of god here we go again is this going to happen again you know so I, I hope that we can kind of get out in front and and play um loose and free when the toss seemed like you know a lot of those games where we started off slow we got the ball on offense first which I, which was not our strength last year, and our defense was. And it's yeah. one of those where you go three and out. You have a, a turnover. You have a, a poor punt. And the defense is just like, God, another – we got to hold everything together again where hopefully we're kicking off and uh, and letting our defense come out fired up with not having to worry about – playing from behind such a good point um which leads me to one of the things i want to see this saturday as well as all year is just some better decisions by our staff i really love our staff i love jay norvell but there were some really questionable decisions last year and the way that we did things and some of the on-field calls and uh, fourth down decisions but right there what you just said is why the hell were we electing to receive in games when we were so bad on offense and our defense was actually solid for part of the year. Uh, it was actually the more of the strength of the team, get them out on the field to start. Don't put the pressure on the offense. And, you know, and he's probably trying to make a statement to his team, but it just kept backfiring week after week. And um, I would love to see us go out and play, start on defense and let the defense kind of set the tone. That would be, that would be ideal. And we'll see, we'll see if they change their, change their mind on, on how they like to, to elect on, on, on uh, the coin toss. So, um, but you mentioned the offensive line. Yes. That obviously everyone knows that's gotta be the, the difference maker. I, I would love major strides, but I will take average, right. I will take average uh, because that would be a major improvement. 
uh, Savion Henderson, Oliver Jervis, Jacob Gardner, looks like Andrew Cannon probably, um, and then Drew Moss are our starters there. So hope for no injuries, right? So hopefully they can kind of gel. Last year, there were so many injuries that just even as bad as we were, then you'd have an injury and then there's less continuity. And then they were just, I mean, it was just a fiasco last year. So hopefully they can stay healthy and, and really grow as a unit. Obviously you want to see clay take care of the ball. Like he was good at taking care of the ball last year, but I think he did it. I think it was because he was so careful and not making a mistake and that caused him to take sacks, hold on to the ball too long. So I'd like to see him play a little more free. So he was obviously very accurate in his passing last year, but I want to see us hit some balls downfield, uh, use our explosive playmakers, get those explosive plays. Oh, we want those explosive plays <laughs> as, uh, as the meathead always used to say, Adazi would always talk about that. And we probably didn't make a single one all year. Oh man. But uh, continued solid running game. Great news. And Avery coming back and uh, use of the tight end. We're going to want to see the tight end, which Holker. sounds like, sounds like Holker will be, a major weapon there. What it said, uh, it said we had all year last year, 26 receptions by a tight end. He had double that as, you know, by himself at BYU last year. Um, so that will be having a playmaker at tight end to uh, open up the middle of the field and take less attention off of our, our playmakers at the, at the, at the wide out positions, justice Ross Simmons, uh, I think will benefit from that. And then you've got, you've got a score in the red zone. So um, that's the other, that's the other thing that was just awful last year, just never punching the ball in. So just got to see, um, got to see a score when we're in the red zone. So those are the things I want to see on offense. Yes. Same, you know, um, you know, we, we talked about it with Jay in the off season, you got to score points and, you know, and how many times do we get inside the red zone? And, and you're right, you know, for a, you know, go for it on fourth down and and have a a very questionable play call on fourth. Um, I mean, going back to that uh, San Jose State game where we get Avery down there and then it's just run, run. And then on third down, we try to run it again and it goes nowhere. And so it's fourth down and, and man, I don't, I don't even know what we did. It was – we 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 tried to hit, well yeah we tried to hit him in the flat and he caught it about six yards behind the line of scrimmage, and went nowhere with it. It was it was just a lot of that. And you look at you look at that game, San Jose State game. I think we should have won that. You look at Utah State, same thing. How many times did we get inside scoring position where we didn't score? I think we should have won that. You look at Hawaii, we did win it. But I think we had four chances inside the red zone and came away with three points in that game. Uh, in those four chances, we should have blown them out of the water. I mean, that should have been a game that wasn't even that wasn't even close. You know, we were that close to being a a, a bowl team last year. We get that. I mean, we just score one or two touchdowns more <laughs> a, a game this year. That's a huge difference in, in a season win total. How do you feel about the kicking game? I mean, we got a 31-year-old as our place kicker. Yep. So he's definitely experienced, although he is a West Ham fan. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know about that. But uh, I'm hearing good things from about him. 
want to wait and see. Obviously, with Patty, you know, Jay said it, the rugby style, that was one of the things that they were having them do because they just didn't feel like they had enough talent on special teams. You know, watching him in practice last year in, in, in spring ball, he can boot it. Again, he is he's not Stonehouse, but he, but he had it. He he had a leg, and we never gave him a chance to use it. Or he just I don't. There's a difference between punting on air and punting, you know, when you have live ammo coming at you. He's another one. That, you know, there was way too many times where he would give a 20, 30 yard punt, and they were already at the fifty. If we can change that, if we have more talent. On, on special teams where we could actually get down and cover uh, cover a punt, cover a kick. I mean, I think that we'll be able to see what Patty can do as, as far as, you know, letting that leg go. Well, you said it about the place kicker. Jordan Oyes will give me a little more peace of mind. I did not like uh, what we had last year. Even Jack Ramage mentioned we, we now have a kicker. We can kick it more than 30 yards. Um, <laughs> so... Um, and just, you know, the guy's got three kids, you know, so there's just this, there's, there's going to be some built-in maturity there. And um, you're not dealing with a 19 year old kid who's only really played soccer and uh, you trot him out there to boot a game winning kick. You just, you wouldn't feel very comfortable with the guys that we had last year. So that's, that's nice. Obviously it remains to be seen how he performs in a game, but I feel a lot better there. Um and then, yeah, you said it with Patty. Everybody loves Patty. He's he's obviously they named him a the players. His teammates named him a team captain last year, uh, which goes to show you how likable he is and what a team guy he is. And um, yeah, we all kind of pulled our hair out because we're we we like the way Stonehouse bombed sixty five yarders every time. But um, you know, like you said, they 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 do the the rugby style punt by design. It sounds like they're going to continue doing it, so we probably will have to live with it. But it would be nice to to see those things go more than 20 yards and then count on another 15, 20 yards and roll. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But uh, defense, uh, for me, uh, I, I'm really excited to see this defense. And I think we're going to be really, really good if, if the linebackers can can perform. I think we're, we're thin there, but uh, the starters should be solid. Chase Wilson, Justin Sanchez, I think both of those guys will be just fine. There's not, and then you got Trey Pastor, who he changed his name, Trey Mejia Pastor. This year it'll be, it'll give you a little bit of depth there. Uh, but in uh, in a four-two-five, thankfully you're not trying to find a, a third linebacker there to get you. Uh, you got Aiden Hector at nickel instead, which he's going to be a star, I think, this year. He's going to be awesome. But I just really want to see pressure on the quarterback, especially Saturday. You got to keep him contained. Like I said, maybe put a spy on him. If you know, do, I, you don't want any backbreakers, especially on like third down. How many times last year did you have a, a team third and long? I think against Michigan. Who was it that like multiple times last year, I think, picked up third and 16s? Who was that against? I, it was aggravating. I, I think it was. I think San Jose State did. Yeah, maybe that was maybe San Jose State. It's just so so aggravating. So we can't have those backbreakers on third down. It'd be nice to get off the field uh, on third and longs. Uh, I'd love to, especially Saturday, need to force turnovers. A defensive score would obviously drastically improve our chances of winning. Uh, minimize those big those big plays. You know, I can I can see this quarterback kind of rolling around, buying himself some time, and and then you know find a guy downfield. 
uh, for a big play on third down. It just seems to be a backbreaker for us every time. But those are kind of the key things I, I want to see. But I really am excited to to watch the defense. I think they're going to be a whole new level this year. Yeah, uh, agree, agree. You know, it's it, it's tough. We lost we lost some some talent, especially on the the D line. But you know, that was our that was our deepest unit last year. And you know, I'm excited to to see what we got. Mo, I think he's just going to have a huge year, huge year. And and I, I I like our our edge, and I and I think that especially a team like Washington State. If we could keep that outside contained and get that pressure and, and then have some push up in the middle, I think we're going to get back there. And I think that we're going to do some uh, do some damage on, on their quarterback and, and force those force those third and longs. And I think our, our defensive backs are another year in. Um, I think that they're ready to start making some big plays. And, and I liked how they finished the season last year. Um, and you know, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to a, a big season from them. Well, I know that, uh, Jay Norvell is call our secondary, the best in the league. Um, you know, you got Chiggy, you got Ron Harge, uh, then you got the, was a North Dakota state transfer, Dom Jones behind him. So we actually have some, some, some depth at secondary uh, at cornerback. And then obviously with, with Henry Blackburn and Jack Howell, that, that, you feel really good about those two guys, Roman and Aiden Hector at the nickel. So that is a that is a really good, really good defense if they all stay healthy and uh you know you don't you don't get nicked up and miss time. But that that is a that is solid. And you hear Freddie Banks talk about how he thinks it's going to be a special year. And that's what's crazy to me. Like you you're seeing Jay Norvell talk about the Fiesta Bowl, uh like literally mentions the fiesta ball and he's he said it in general terms in the past like during the offseason like hey if we win our league we know the fiesta ball he actually said in the denver post today like look we we have a legit shot it's not out of the the realm of possibility for us to win you know go from worst to first or whatever it was you know to to turn it around in just, in just one year and do that he believes we can and then you see freddie banks saying the same kind of thing coaches are are wired to really kind of downplay expectations but these guys are coming out blazing so it makes you think that they know something that we don't and uh i know that they are confident and think that that there's going to be a major turnaround and i hope it starts saturday as you and i have talked about off air is i mean it would be so huge to go beat washington state in a, in front of a big crowd i don't know if we'll get to a sellout or not but it'll be close um it'll be full it'll be loud people will be rocking if you beat a pac-12 team who may Someday soon be uh, uh, our conference mate, but uh, you you win that, then you have two weeks to prepare for Dion and the Buffs, and that really sets you up with an opportunity for a really nice season. If you could start off with wins against those two Pac-12 teams, including your hated rival, so but it all starts Saturday, and uh, you really man, it would just set the tone to go beat that team. It would really we we need it as a fan base. We really need it. The team needs it as like a confidence boost and and just to know, hey, this is different. We are as good as we think we are. Um, so I'm hoping I'm hoping it all comes together like like we think it can. You know, one of the things that Jay has done did a lot before spring brawl was talk about Tulane. Two years ago, Tulane yeah. was two and ten. I mean, they were they were a bad team. 
And then last year, they're in the Sugar Bowl. They're beating USC uh, in the New Year's Six Bowl. He, I don't think he would say this if he didn't believe it. Yeah. If he didn't see, if he didn't see the results. Now, how much of it is a, is a coach speak? Again, I don't see him going that far over. But I, I think that, especially with Freddie, I think they're seeing the change and, and, and they're seeing the kids buying into the system. And that's something that we did not have the first six, seven games last seat last year were all the players buying in to their system. Now we have a program. We have the recruits that they have gotten and they have the players that stuck through it and all of them, are this system and if they're and if they figured it out and and they have bought in i think we are going to see some big things now fiesta bowl i don't know about that i'll be equitable <laughs> yeah I, you know what yes I, I see a lot of people say i'll be i'll be happy with a six and six some people even ha- said hey it will be great progress if we win five games like, i would be extremely distraught if we don't go at least six and six and make a bowl game and preferably win that bowl game. Um, yeah. I think that there's been too much um, inf- infusion of talent in, in the program and there's just too much at stake, you know, right now it's just for us to just flounder again and, and have a sub a below average year. So got to have some bounces go our way, but I would love to just see this team really surprised. It's been a while, you know, Mac obviously in 2014, gave us a great year, but it's been a long time since we've like had a season come out of nowhere. You're like, Oh my God, this was, this is amazing. This is like a destiny season. And it, I think, I think we deserve one of those. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the boat of put me down for a win against Washington state, Washington state Saturday, probably in the range of like 27, 24 is my prediction. And I feel good about it. Actually. I feel good about saying that. All right, I uh, I'll back you up on it. I'll back you up on that. I think, uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be a completely get, different game than last year when we faced them. I'll I'll just leave it at that. All right, way to go out on a limb. All right, so uh, last question: What are you expecting for the tailgate? Because that's uh, historically been the best part of the day. I'm hoping that that's not the case Saturday, but uh, it will be, it'll be a great time. So what's, uh, what do we got on the menu and what are we looking forward to? All right. So uh, I know a few people asked on the board. I know our buddy Jeff Riley pointed out to a few of the guys, anybody's welcome. Just be, (laughs) don't be douches if you come by, which I don't have to worry about that. Come by, have fun, say hi. Uh, we are on the intramural fields. There is a restroom area. It's on the south side of the, of the IM fields, almost kind of across the street from like Newsom Hall and, the, and uh, the academic village. Yep. We're the only RV that's allowed on there. So, yeah, come by. Menu, we got we have two pizza ovens. Uh, it's going to be a build-your-own pizza bar. So it's going to be fresh. It's not going to be catered. We're doing everything right there. Uh, it takes about ninety seconds to knock out a, a fresh pizza in these ovens. We'll have top. We'll have all the toppings that you want. We're gonna have cougaritas. If you made the trip last year and, and you went to the Coug, 
that's their historic the, the historic college bar in Pullman. We went and they had something called Cougaritas. We'll have those. We'll have Washington apples, uh, uh, Washington apple cocktails. Uh, we'll have Rainier beer. So we're very welcoming to our to our guests from uh, Washington State. And for those that uh, didn't make that trip last year, you can have you know you can have a little bit of experience of uh, what Pullman's like. Um, we'll have we'll have dessert pizzas. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a good time. I'm excited about it. It's awesome. And uh, will uh, Keith have his TV set up and RV yeah, we'll have, we'll have on? Yeah, we'll have games on. We'll probably have a couple TVs going with the with the early games. Uh, we'll be starting at one and set up before that. If you want to come, you know, usually with that, what we do is just bring it, bring some day drinking beers or sodas or bottles, something, something easy drinking, something that you could drink all day. Uh, with especially in in this uh, late part of the summer when it when it's pretty hot, or if you if you feel necessary that you want to donate some cash, look for me, look for my wife, uh, whatever you feel like. We don't have a set, uh, we don't have anything set as far as uh, money wise. It's it's donation based. You know, we do this to have fun. Yeah, uh, but you, you can if you really you too, want right? to do what. You usually have a Venmo uh, yeah. account up there too, so yeah, you make it very yep. easy for people to participate. Exactly, and, and, and again, there's people that said on the board that they're coming in, they don't have plans, they're looking for stuff. We're welcoming to everybody, right? And another landmark, if uh, you're looking for us, obviously it's the only restroom on the intramural fields, but uh, the alumni association always sets up just on the other side of like the bank of porta potties and the in the restroom uh complex and then there's like the music stage is right right over there as well so we're right by there can't miss it uh and also it's a great spot because that's right where the bus drops off the players for the ram walk uh so they drop everybody off right at our tailgate they see them get off the bus they give you high fives and then they make their march into the stadium it's pretty awesome so yeah that was always great you know giving cj a hug when yeah. he was getting the uh, getting off the bus you know he's not there but uh no, it, it, yeah, it's that's that's one of the cool part. The band, the band, the, the marching band literally marches right next to us and and stops. They are like at the very back of our RV and the team bus parks parallel to the RV and, and the kids get out, the players get out. And it's great. You know, Jay's always dressed to the nines when he gets off that bus and you know, and he he sees you, and he's pointing and, and saying hi to everybody. It's 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 such a good feeling. You know, one of the reasons why it's so important to get this stadium on campus, and and if we start winning, man, it's just going to be rocking every game. Yep. Well, let's get it done, Michael. Thank you. It was a good day. Good interview with Jimmy. He was awesome as always, and I uh, love breaking things down with you. Can't wait for Saturday. Stop by the tailgate. Would love to see you guys. Please support our sponsors, Peterson Toyota and Ginger and Baker. They help make this thing possible. Big time thanks to Jimmy Kayla for joining us today. You can check him out at sportsline.com. If you go to Sportsline, you can sign up for a membership. Put in the promo code CHALK, C-H-A-L-K. That'll get you a free week to preview everything. Check him out. He does a great job, and that whole staff does a really good job. If you're into sports wagering, fantasy football, daily fantasy, it is awesome stuff. And let's have a great Saturday. Let's start off 1-0.
Go Rams. Go Rams. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.